Welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. And we're going to continue that series today, developing your destiny or God-given destiny. But today I want to talk to you around the subject, specifically decisive determination because we believe if you're going to become everything God intends for you to become the reason he created you the meaning for your existence that you're going to have to have some deep connection to these characteristics of decisive determination because it's not something that happens easily or on its own and so today we want to talk about that with you our text is Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, and I'm going to read out of the Amplified, and then we're also going to read James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, out of the NIV. So you can see it on your screen there. Read along with me. Ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. And then the scripture in James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, in the NIV it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Father, we just ask you to take this word, put it deep down in our heart. Lord, we just thank you because you are good to us. We thank you that your anointing is real in our lives. We thank you that your spirit is available to us. And we thank you that Jesus gave his life on our behalf in place of us and that we have life because of that. And Lord, we just praise you and we give you glory. And Lord, here at Summit, Father, we just ask that you'll anoint us to do what you've given us vision to do, to lead people to know you and to find freedom and to discover purpose and to make a difference, God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Man, God is just so good, and He's put this on our heart, and I, and I know that this message series has been good for you because it's been so good for me and so good for all of us here on team. And, we're, you know, we're so excited to help people find their God-given destiny and, and realize that you have a destiny that goes far beyond uh, what maybe you have thought, and it, that that living as a Christian or believer in this modern day isn't just about going to church, it isn't just about going through religious motions, but it is about fulfilling the will and purpose of God for your life, knowing that God has a general will for us, and that is, we find in Isaiah, that our whole world, our whole life is to bring glory to God. That that's the whole point. That's the whole purpose, that we bring glory to God. So whatever your career is, you should be bringing glory to God through that career. Whatever your uh, family relationships are, you should be bringing glory to God through those relationships. The talents and the gifts and the strengths that you have in your life should be bringing glory to God. And so it's just very important that we understand that in a general sense, that our whole purpose is to be conformed into the image of Jesus and bring glory to God. But then in a very specific sense, God has given you gifts and talents and abilities and strengths and personality 
to fulfill certain things in the body of Christ to advance the kingdom of God. And so when we learn that, when we figure that out, that our life means more than what we thought, that life isn't just surviving, but it's thriving. Life isn't just existing, but it's living in an abundance of God's grace and God's love and God's mercy and His purpose. That life's bigger than us, and we're serving something that's greater than ourselves. And so I just want to encourage you today to listen to these words, to grab a hold of them, and let God speak to you in a significant way. Because I'm telling you right now, God's doing something through this series. He's doing something through individuals. And, and we live in a time where we can't just be brushing off what God's saying to us. Uh, I was just in a church in Virginia Beach speaking at Exalt Church this last weekend. And I'm telling you, God moved and did some very specific and prophetic things in that situation. But you know, that should be happening in us every weekend. That we come expecting God to speak to us, expecting God to connect with our hearts and with our minds and with our lives, and expecting to uh, go away from our worship gathering having received some kind of anointing or some kind of, of uh, encouragement or strength for the journey that we have before us. And, and, and today, we live in a time where it's important for us not to brush off the things of God or to harden our hearts like the children of Israel did in the wilderness, but for us to listen and become sensitive to the voice of God and allow Him to speak to us and allow Him to minister to us. And so we look at this passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, and we see it for what it really is. In some versions of the Bible, it'll say, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. But what we find, the real nature of this passage of Scripture is in the aortist tense verb in the Greek, which simply means it's a continuation. And here's so, so in the Amplified, here's how it reads. Ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. And the reason that I want you to understand that and know that is because uh, this this. The, in order for us to discover our potential, discover our purpose, discover our destiny, develop it and deploy it, it's going to require us to be decisive, to be intentional, and to be uh, determined. And, and, and so this, this passion to seek until you find is really what Jesus is saying in Matthew. He's saying, don't just knock and hope someone comes to the door. You knock until someone comes to the door. He's saying, seek. Don't seek and hope you find, but you keep seeking until you find. He's saying, ask, and, and, and don't ask hoping that someone will answer, but ask until someone answers. It's this decisive determination, this made-up mind. This, the Apostle Paul said that we should be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. It's this idea of, I am here to build the kingdom. I am here to live out the purpose of God in my life. And I am decisively determined that nothing will stand in the way. Nothing will hinder me. Nothing will keep me from becoming everything that God has intended me to become. Knowing and realizing that I cannot achieve that on my own, but realizing it is the power of God, the power of His enabling grace, the empowering of His Holy Spirit that causes me to be able to fully become everything He desires 
for me to become. This is why James says in verse uh, two, ver- chapter one, verse two through four, he talks about we should ki- consider it joy when we fall into different trials and circumstances. <laughs> Man, I don't know about you, but when I fall into hardships, it doesn't make me feel joyful. It, 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 it's hard and it's difficult. And so sometimes my attitude will follow the circumstance. And what God is trying to say to us is, no, make the circumstance follow your attitude. We, we should consider it pure joy because in the middle of circumstances, we're going to school. We're getting an education. God is developing perseverance in us, which means when we go through problems and circumstances that are negative in our life, that that could hinder us or could hold us back, if we'll have the right attitude and extend our faith in the midst of that, we'll be decisively determined, then what happens is, it develops perseverance in us. So then whenever we face something, there's just this something in us that says, no, I'm going to keep going. Even though everybody else says it's time to stop. No, I'm going to keep going. Even though everybody else says there's no way we're going to get through this. Nope. I know I'm going to get through it because God's brought me through other things. He's brought me through other difficulties. He's, he's brought me through hurt. He's brought me through pain. He's brought me through doubt. He's brought me through fear. And if he brought me through any of that, he can also bring me through this. I will persevere till I get to the other side. I will seek until I find. I will knock until the door is open. I will ask until I receive an answer. Come on, somebody. We're ready to preach this morning. Perseverance is that mentality that just says, I'm going to keep going to the end. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention or paid attention this last couple of weeks to the Kentucky Derby. Man, what an interesting derby it was. It was so surprising and so shocking. And on my way back from Virginia, I ran into some people that had been to the Kentucky Derby in the airport, and they were telling me all about how exciting it was to watch Rich Strike win the Kentucky Derby. It was just so unexpected and so out of the blue. And it's just shocking to think about. So I was just thinking about, I wanted to go back and because everyone was so shocked by it, this 80 to 1 odds on this horse that I wanted to find out more about it. So I started reading some different articles about it. And so here's what I want, here's what I want to share with you. And I want you to get the the purpose of me sharing this. Uh, It says Rich Strike won uh, $1.86 million dollars for that race. Now listen to this. He entered the Kentucky Derby 30 seconds before the deadline, only because the 20th horse in the race had to scratch. He started from the worst uh, post position on the outside of the track. He had to make his way through the field of 19 other horses from the back. His racing career consists of seven starts and one win. His jockey, Sonny Leon, had never been in the Kentucky Derby. His trainer, Eric Reed, had never raced a horse in the Kentucky Derby. Eric Reed, tragically, had lost two dozen race horses in a barn fire just a few years ago, and he struggled and thought, I'm just going to quit. Eric Reed, last year, lost his two assistant trainers to cancer. His owner, Richard Dawson, bought his first horse in 2019 and has won less than 10 races. Rich Strike was purchased in a claiming race last fall for only $30,000. Now, the reason that's significant is because the rest of those horses in that race were multiple million dollar horses. It was 80 to 1 odds, but Rich Strike 
wins the 148th Kentucky Derby. I mean, that's unheard of. It's ridiculous. It's an incredible story. But here's the point. The point is that trainer many times had reasons to give up. That owner had no business being in that position. But that's how life is sometimes. We face hardships and we face opportunities. We face obstacles and we face opportunities. We face disappointments and we, and we face directives. We get all this different thing going on in our life. And here's the point. If we have a decisive determination, when opportunities arise in our lives, we can be there in the moment that great things can happen. And that's what God wants for you. That's why he gave you a purpose. Because he wants great things to happen in your life. Now, not just so you can be great and not just so you can experience greatness, but he wants great things to happen in your life to glorify him because he is your creator, he is your Lord and Savior, and he wants to advance his kingdom. You know, the series that we've been going through has has been all about discovering and developing and deploying our God-given destiny. It's really just about fulfilling purpose. It's about the idea that there is something bigger that God wants for us and we need to embrace it. That's where fulfillment is. That's where satisfaction is. That's where real life resides. In order to do that, we got to be decisively determined. We have to decide. In other words, we have to be intentional about fulfilling that purpose and absolutely determined to do it. So what I want to do is I want to reiterate today um, those points, and I want to talk to you about being determined. I want to teach you three principles uh, that, that I think are the principles that cause you to be able to discover, develop, and deploy your your. God-given destiny, your purpose, your potential that God's placing you. And here's what they are. Number one, and it'll sound kind of weird, but it is, it, I believe, to be true. Number one, desperation. Number two, drive. And number three, determination. Now, when I say desperation, that sounds a little strange because desperation is a negative term. It means to be in despair. It means to act out of despair. So, uh, despair, uh, it, it, it literally means a state of despair that usually results in a rash step of action. Now, it may seem negative, but here's what I believe. To truly come to a place of purpose, we must, to a certain degree, despair that we're not there yet. We must get in an utter spiritual desperation about believing God to bring us to that purpose. It must become that important to us that to not fulfill the purpose of God would be being in despair. To, to not find that reality of doing what God has called us to do, we despair that we are not there, that we should be there, that we could be there, but other things are keeping us from being there. It, it must become that important. It must matter that much that we become desperate enough to extend our faith and believe God to do the miraculous in our lives. We need to get desperate. I believe that, you know, I've talked about this in another one of the messages about, I believe that we're, we have a deficit of passion in, in, in the church in world today. Now, I believe there's a lot of leaders out there that have passion, but I believe that we, in some ways, as believers, just, you know, just regular, everyday Christians, we are finding ourselves 
dispassionate about the things of God. And I think it's time for us to get desperate. We need to get desperate that our lives will be attached to something greater than ourselves. We need to get desperate that God will conform us into His image. We need to get desperate that He will use our lives to make a difference and build His kingdom. We need to get desperate that He'll shine His light of truth and grace through us, in us, and through us to our world. We need to get desperate that He will use our lives to make a difference and build His kingdom. We need to get desperate to be used to impact someone else's life with the love and grace of Jesus. And when we really believe, listen to me, when we really believe that God has purpose for us beyond what we've experienced, we will get desperate to see Him in our lives. I'm right now desperate to see God heal people that are sick. I'm desperate to, to, to see God heal the minds of people who are struggling with mental illness as a result of the last two or three years that we've gone through. I'm, I'm desperate to see God bring souls to His altars. I'm desperate to see God move with His Holy Spirit among all believers to impassion us and embolden us to begin to win the lost and be evangelists in our community communities and begin to be missionaries in our neighborhoods. I, I, I'm desperate to see God move by His power to do the miraculous among us. I'm desperate. I, I think if you to articulate what desperation really looks like as it, it, as it forms itself out of one of the accounts in history of the Bible is, is this story of the birth of Samuel, the, one of the greatest prophets that ever walked the earth out of Israel. And Samuel was a great prophet, and he did great things. And he was the prophet that instituted the first king. And he was the prophet that anointed King David. And he was the prophet that gave direction and guidance to Israel through a very sensitive part and season of their history. And he was born, however, out of desperation. He was literally physically born out of desperation. Hannah, his mother, uh, who was... Uh, uh, a lover of God and a person who was passionate about the things of the Lord, that she, she was barren and she saw and, and would have seen as a person in that culture at that time, a part of her purpose was to give birth. And a part of that purpose was to have children uh, to build family, to reproduce and, and multiply. That, that, was the, that was the literally one of the commands, the first command that God gave us, you know, reproduce and multiply and have dominion in the earth. This is, she saw this as her purpose. She saw this as God's design for her life, yet she was barren. She had no kids and, and, and was seemingly unable to have children, which any person who's ever struggled with this can tell you it's it is a very difficult thing to go through. My wife and I could tell you this for years and years and years and wanting to have children and not being able to and then God doing a miracle in our life twice. It's just amazing what God can do as we set our faith. And it's a very hard situation to go through. And anyone who's gone through it or is going through it can tell you. And I just want you to know I'm praying for you today if you're going through this. And I'm believing God to open your womb if you're seeking for Him to do that. But Hannah was desperate. She was so desperate that she acted rashly. She went to the temple. She went, she went to the temple to seek the face of the Lord. Every year they would go up to make sacrifice. And every year she'd go into the temple and she'd pray, God, give me a baby. God, give me a child. And, and, and one year she, 
she just she she was just beside herself and she was in the temple praying and she was praying so vehemently that she was praying silently but she was but her lips were moving and she wasn't no noise was coming out but her lips were moving and and, and Eli thought that she was drunk in the temple and so she he goes over to correct her and says what are you doing looking like she was talking to herself and she said, oh, no, no, I'm, uh, Eli was the priest. No, sir, I'm, I'm desperate for God to move in my life. I'm, I'm desperate for God to give me purpose. I'm desperate for God to change my circumstances so I could fulfill the purpose of God. And, 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 and Eli confirms to her that God would answer her prayer. And she goes home and she prayed a very significant prayer. God, if you'll give me a child, I'll give him back to you. If you'll give me a child, I'll dedicate him to you. I'll give him back to you. And she meant it quite literally. And that's exactly what happened. God gave her a child. His name, they called him Samuel. And she dedicated him to the temple. And she would come once a year and visit him and bring him clothes and different things. And, and, and he stayed in the temple and was raised by Eli the priest and became one of the greatest prophets in Israel. And then she went on to have many other children. The point I'm making is this. Sometimes when we want that breakthrough in our life, when we want that purpose to come out, when we want that purpose to be birthed out of our lives, it doesn't just happen. There has to be a decisive determination in our spirit, in our heart, a desperation, if you will, that pushes faith out of us, that, that does what it did for, did for Hannah, how she, she went into that temple with a determination. I will hear, I will speak to the Lord and He will hear my cry and He will answer my cry. And that's exactly what happened. you got to get desperate. I've got to get desperate if we really want the purpose of God to be fulfilled. And I guess it begs the question, do we really want the purpose of God to be fulfilled in our lives? Or are we satisfied to live for our own purpose? My prayer today for all of us is that we get desperate for purpose, the purpose of God in our life. And another story I think that really gives this picture is blind Bartimaeus, who was a man that was so desperate as Jesus was passing by. He had heard of Jesus and he knew he was passing by. And he yells out with a loud voice, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And, 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 and people tried to quiet Bartimaeus down. They, they tried to stop him and say, just be quiet. He doesn't have time for you. And, and Bartimaeus cried out again, Jesus, son of David. He's making a big scene and everybody can hear him and everybody can see him. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He's acting out rashly. He's so desperate for his prayer to be answered. He's so desperate for purpose in his life. He doesn't want to beg for the rest of his life. He wants to fulfill purpose. He wants to fulfill destiny. He wants to be able to move forward in his life. And he says, Jesus, have mercy on me. And Jesus stops. And the Bible says when he stops, he says, bring him to me. And the Bible says that a blind Bartimaeus got up and threw off his cloak and went to Jesus. Now, you have to understand the reason he threw off his cloak is because he was wearing a beggar's cloak. Now, see, when we really get desperate, it extends our faith. It engages our faith where we start believing God beyond the natural. And we believe him to do things and bring things out of us that wouldn't normally be. So when he threw off that cloak, what he was saying is, I know I've gotten his attention. And I know I'm not going to need this beggar's cloak anymore because I'm about to be able to see. See, when we get desperate, our faith <laughs> engages. And we know that we know that God is going to hear us. And he's going to answer us. I like what Veronica Allegiant said. She said, desperation can make a person do surprising things. You know, it takes an attitude of desperation to discover 
develop and deploy our destiny. But it also takes the motivation of being driven. The second principle I want to talk to you about is drive. Now, I just want to say that a lot of times us type A personalities, and I say us because if you know me at all, you know I'm a very type A personality. I'm going all the time. But I'll just tell you the truth. Um, Sometimes that gets a bad rap. But I'll just tell you right now that if you really want things to happen and things to be made different and things to be achieved, you need to get some people who have some drive. Listen, young people, I'm trying to tell you today, you need to stop living for your selfish ambition and for your selfish desires and for your feelings. And you need to start living for some purpose and get some drive about you to advance the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, believers in this house, you need to stop just existing as a Christian and start getting some drive to push the kingdom kingdom of God forward, to preach and declare the gospel of Jesus Christ to your neighbors, to stand up for the purpose of God in your family, to be that person who doesn't take no for an answer, but moves into the miraculous by decisive determination. Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 through 14 says this, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press. Now we've used this passive scripture already in this series, but I just wanted to draw out these two words. He said, but I press on to take hold for that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, I forget what's behind, I strain towards what is ahead, and I Again, press on toward the goal to win the prize. In other words, he said, I am driven by the purpose of God. I'm not driven by my circumstances. I'm not driven by my career. I'm not driven by the opinions of others. I'm not driven by my family dynamic. I'm driven by the purpose and the plan of God to fulfill the purpose and the plan of God for myself and for my generation. David, the Bible said of David that he fulfilled the plan and purpose of God for his generation and then he fell asleep. Anytime you see that word fell asleep in the, in the Bible, it is, a re, it is a reference to he died in peace. He died without regret. He died it, it knowing I've done what God gave me to do. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 35 through 36 says, no one from this evil generation shall see the good and I swore to give your ancestors except Caleb son of Jephunneh. He will see it and I will give him his descendants, the land he set his feet on because he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. Joshua chapter 14, verse 11 through 12. It says, I am still as strong today as I was in the day of Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so is my strength now for war and for going out and coming in. So now, give me this hill country. Some translations say, give me my mountain, which the Lord spoke to me on that day. You see, when the children of Israel came out of Egyptians' bondage and they were going to go into Canaan, they sent 12 spies. Two of them were Joshua and Caleb. The other 10 came back with bad reports. Caleb came back with a good report. He said, let us go right now. God has given us the authority and the power to take this land. We can go take it right now. I see the mountain I want. I see the mountain that God has given me. I see the mountain that generations of my family are going to reproduce from. I see the mountain that we're going to call home. And I'm ready to take it. Let's go take it. He had faith. He believed. But because of the doubt of everyone else and because of their gossip into the ranks, they, they got hard-hearted and they turned against the plan and purpose of God. But Caleb never turned. And God said, because of that, the rest of this generation cannot go in. But Caleb is going in. So he was 40 at the time of that promise. 
And he was 45 years later, 85 years old, saying, I'm ready. God has put power in me. He's put strength in me. I'm as able now to go as I was when I was 40. Give me my mountain. Listen, some of you older folks, what I call older folks is me and up. Uh, uh, Listen, you, you think you're trying to start coasting down. No, that's not what God wants for you. God's just ready for you to rev up. You, you, have, you have some things now. You know some things now. You have wisdom. You need to not let your drive go, but you need to pick up the drive of the Holy Spirit in your life. And not only do, do you need to be decisively determined, but you need to let that determination drive you to advance the kingdom of God, drive you to raise your kids and your grandkids and, their, and your great-grandkids into the kingdom and the purpose and plan of God. Oh, are you with me? You need to be saying like Caleb at 85 years old, give me my mountain. I'm as ready today as I was back then. I love what R.G. Letourneau says. said, failure is never fatal. Success is never final. It is persistence that counts. God wants some Christians again who are persistent, who persevere, who look at obstacles as opportunities, who look at problems as possibilities, who look at issues as an opportunity to make a difference. We're not going to be stopped. We're not going to be set to the side. We're going to do what God has called us to do. Why? Because we have made a decisive determination that we are going to fulfill the destiny and purpose that God has for us to bring glory to Him and advance His kingdom. We will fulfill our purpose if we're driven by the Spirit, if we're inspired by the Word of God, which leads to the motivation of our drive. And that is this, an unequivocal determination. The last and final thing is determination. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Oh, my God, I can hardly stand still reading that. Are are you listening to me? That is determination. It's this idea that God has equipped me. God has empowered me. God has given me purpose. And my whole life goal is to fulfill that purpose. My whole desire is to bring others with me to fulfill that purpose. That's what I want. That's what God wants. That's what I want. I want to do His will. I want to fulfill His purpose. I want to advance his kingdom. That's the first thing on my mind when I get up in the morning. And it's the last thing on my mind when I go to bed at night. I want to lead this church. I want to lead the people in my neighborhood. I want to lead the people in this city and the people around the world to come to Jesus and to know he is where your purpose is found. He is where meaning is found. He is where love is found and grace is found and contentment is found and power is found and and joy is found. It is not in this world it is not in material things it is not in people but it is in Jesus it is in Jesus that we find him and 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 I am determined are you determined today I am determined a few years ago I we came here and listened to the voice of the Lord we came here to pastor this church and as we're pastoring the church I 
I felt like, man, I need to, I need to increase. When when I started in ministry, I went to, I went through a doctrinal program with our denomination and became licensed and then ordained and went through all the materials and all the books. And I did it rather quickly. It was a three-year program. I did it in one year and I just wanted to get out there and get into ministry. And my, my, my room was like a library and I just went to work. I just, I just wanted to get out there. And then I just prayed and prayed and prayed. And, and God, I just remember the desperation of wanting to preach. I want to get in front of some people and preach. And I would preach in nursing homes. And I would preach in little youth groups. And I'd preach in any little church that would have me come and preach. And I'd preach in my dad's church. And I'd preach in my grandpa's church. And I'd preach in my grandpa's friend's church. And I'd preach anywhere that people would gather. I'd preach in the Walmart aisle if someone would stop and listen to me. I just was so desperate and, and still I feel that same way. But I didn't continue to get my college degree. I I did the ministry program. And then by the blessing of the Lord, we went right into ministry. Got a full-time job in ministry as a youth pastor. And then we went from there to being a pastor. And then we went from there to being a church planter. And then we went from there to uh, 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 being on the staff of a mega church and ending up being this, the, the senior associate of that mega church. And then, then God called us out here. And in the midst of all that, God called us to missions that over 13 years now, we've been traveling the globe and sharing the gospel of Jesus. And just all of these things that God has put on our heart that we've been obedient to do in the last few years the Lord said I want you to you know take some courses and 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 advance yourself intellectually and 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 so the first thing I felt he said for me to do is go to the John Maxwell uh, certification program for leaders and coaches and ministry leaders and all of that and so I did that I went through that I decided I'm going back and 2019 I, I applied for Regent University and I went back to school and just just two weeks ago I uh, I walked at Regent University in Virginia Beach got my Bachelor of Arts in organizational leadership and I'm gonna tell you something uh, it was hard and now my second step of that is I've been I've been accepted into the uh, master's program in the, starting this fall for a leadership master's in leadership organization now I'm not doing any of that for personal gain I'm doing it for kingdom gain because God is telling me to do these things so we can get into different places and we can write certain things and we can touch certain lives in a way that this will give us the opportunity to do that that other things wouldn't have and I'm doing it because I feel like God's leading me to do it But I'm going to tell you something. As I began to do this, can you imagine? I started school and then the pandemic happened. COVID happened. And I'm telling you, everybody tells me how their life really slowed down when COVID happened. Not for me. It didn't slow down for me. It sped up. There were so many things we felt like we had to do during that time. And we were just determined to do it. We just determined to do it. We were not going to stop. We were not going to keep, keep, let it get us down. We are going to encourage the community. We are going to lift people. We are going to bring people together and find out what we could do. We are just determined to do it. I just felt like God was saying, don't let it get you down. Don't let it stop you. And during all of this, I'm going to classes and staying up late, late at night and trying to get things done and having to beg teachers to wait on me because I had all of this going and I will get it done, I promise. And they were so helpful to work with me. 
But I'm just going to tell you, anytime you decide I'm going to do something, I'm going to achieve something, I'm going to accomplish something for the, the sake of the kingdom, you're going to face obstacles. You're going to face problems. You're going to face challenges. And you have to just determine in yourself that I'm going to be decisively determined that I'm moving the ball down the field for the kingdom of God. I will not just let this one tackle stop me. I will not. I don't care if it's fourth down and no hope for the one yard I need to get a first. I'm believing that when I line up on that ball, I'm going into the end zone. I'm not stopping. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up because what God wants to do with Summit Church, what God wants to do in Canyon, Texas, what God wants to do in the Panhandle is far too important for us to quit or for us to give up or for us to hesitate or for us to be overwhelmed. Come on. We have to be decisively, intentionally determined that no matter what, we're going to do what God has called us to do. Now, I tell you that story not to tell you how busy I am or how much I got going. I tell you to tell you that I'm just like you. I'm trying to obey God. I'm trying to do what God wants me to do for the benefit of this church and for the benefit of our future. But I'm also going to tell you that I face obstacles just like you do. And I face hardships just like you do. And you know what? I have to do the same thing you do. Set my faith in God. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Franklin D. Roosevelt said this, if we attack our problems with determination, we shall succeed. We will come to the place of discovery, development, and deployment of our destiny if we practice the principles of desperation, drive, and determination. It starts with knowing the giver of your destiny. And it finishes with knowing the giver of your destiny. Do you know him? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We ask you to touch every heart. I ask you to help us be determined. I ask you to help us be decisive. I ask you to help us walk in the power and anointing of your purpose. And that, Lord, you will fulfill your destiny in us. In Jesus' name. And that, God, if there's anyone who doesn't know you, who hasn't even started this process because they don't have a relationship with you, I pray in Jesus' name that before this day is out, they will come to a relationship with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of the Summit Church podcast today. We pray that God used today's podcast to draw you closer to Him. You can stay in the know at Summit by following us on social media. Thank you again for being a part. This is the Summit Church podcast.